Welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me this evening is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? It's going good, Chris. Um, I don't know how it is for you, but uh, we we finally got warmer temperatures, and uh, I needed it so bad. Yes. um, It it was warmer, and it's kind of been cooler the last couple days. Um, Today, like, again, I'm I'm terrible when it comes to Celsius Fahrenheit conversion. Um, I I can't do it. But here, I think it was 6 degrees Celsius. Uh, plus six degrees. Um, so I was wearing my shorts. Uh, like there's, there, there's two seasons in my world. There's sweatpants and then there's shorts and <laughs> you know, with no snow on the ground, that's my, that's my cue to, to break out the shorts. Um, because, uh, yeah, I, I, I want my summer. I, you know, um, the, the forecast for tomorrow, I think, is calling for, you know, maybe mixed mixed precipitation, so we might get some snow yet. Uh, but fingers crossed, I'm hoping next weekend it'll be nice, because that's the weekend I'm going down to Calgary. So, fingers crossed. Oh, that's right. Fingers crossed, I'm hoping, you know, for, for nice weather next uh, weekend. Um, but when it comes to Calgary, it's such a, uh, a toss-up, because... Uh, Calgary is so close to the mountains, uh, that, you know, they can catch some of that mountain, uh, craziness, you know, like in terms of weather. Um, like I know 2019, it, uh, like the, we were down there for the convention and I know like the Thursday night and the Friday night, it was nice. Uh, Saturday, it felt a little bit cooler, but then like by Saturday night, it was a full on blizzard and it was bad. Like there was like cars in the ditch. There's lots of accidents. We we left on the Sunday, and there must have been like at least thirty cars I saw in the ditch. Like as we were leaving Calgary, and then we got about an hour north of the north of Calgary, and it turned to rain. And then by the time we got home, it was sunshine. So, you know, I mean, we'll have we'll have that with our lake effect snow phenomenon, and just depending on where you sit. You know, you you can drive and some areas are complete whiteout and blocked off and no travel and other areas are crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um that's one of the re- like one of the reasons why like with Calgary the like the Comic Expo, I don't know why they keep having it in April. Because it's such a toss up in in Alberta. The one one year they had it in June and it was like the perfect time to have a convention. Like it was nice weather, um, you know. But April, it's always a toss-up. Like you never know what it's going to do. You know, it could be summer conditions, it could be winter conditions, it could, you know, switch on a, you know, at a moment's notice. Um, so you know, I really liked it when they had it in June that one year. But I don't know for whatever reason they prefer to have it in April. Um, speaking of which, um, our, uh, co-hosts, uh, Lillian and Ragnar are not here this evening, 
Um, I know Ragnar is busy getting prepared for the Calgary show because he's been doing a lot of shows lately. And I know he's been, from what I, from what I've heard, he's been doing very well, um, you know, selling his merchandise and stuff. So, uh, I think he's really busy trying to restock things for Calgary. So that's why he's not here this week. Um, but I will definitely be seeing him next weekend when I go down to Calgary for sure. Um, all right. Well, unfortunately we're going to begin this episode with our in memoriam segment um, and I have one, and, uh, he's an artist named Al Jaffe. He's a yeah. le- legendary Mad Magazine cartoonist. Uh, he died Monday, April 10th, uh, at the age of 102. So, you know, that's a pretty good run, you know, and, and amazing guy. So I got a little write-up here from The Guardian. Uh, Al Jaffe, the pioneering Mad Magazine cartoonist and inventor of the fold-in, who worked for the publication for seven decades, retired when he was 99 years old and died at the age of 102. Um, He died in uh, a Manhattan hospital for multi-system organ failure, his granddaughter told the New York Times. Uh, He's the Guinness record holder for longest career in cartooning. Jaffe was known for inventing several of Mad's most famous regulars, including snappy answers to stupid questions and the magazine's iconic fold-in. The illustration that ran on the back side, back inside cover of every issue that when folded revealed a, a second hidden image. The fold-in was originally designed to mock the center folds in magazines such as Playboy. Um, so yeah, um, Al Jaffe, um, you know, what, what, what a remarkable career and, uh, you know, 102, that's, that's a pretty good run. Uh, Kev, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, like, this isn't a thing that comes up often for my stuff, but I have a pretty good-sized collection of the old Mad trade paperbacks. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, like, I've found over the years that, you know, book sales, garage sales, you know, antique stores, whatever, because it's usually, you know, quarter, if that. And uh, I I love... um, like uh, the library book sales have a kid's room and because the mad stuff is cartoony it's thrown in with the kid's stuff a lot I'm like oh this is not for kids yeah <laughs> but um there's a lot of them that are al jaffe ones i probably have like three or four that are you know snappy answers to stupid questions um and then there's stuff like mad al jaffe you know takes them out or you know whatever just like stupid stuff collecting his things yeah um if, if you're ever looking for mad magazines that you know say going to calgary next weekend or or Mm -hmm. you know anyone else at conventions it's so tough to find mint copies of them because the backs are folded (laughs) yeah everyone did that um i i got i can't remember where it was at one point maybe it was in a comic shop i can't remember but at one point i saw that someone had a strip that was cut the perfect length so they could just put the like the strip of cardboard in to get the joke without folding it. Oh, okay. Like this, th- this person enjoyed Mad Magazine so much that he made that, you know, just it's put in there to see it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like they they were brilliant, and and there's so much El Jaffe stuff that, you know, you read, you discover Mad at like just the perfect age, really. Yeah. Um, you know, sarcasm and cynicism and. You know, still goofiness and immaturity and all too. 
and the Al Jaffe stuff, it was always there. It was always just amazing things in it. And, you know, mentioned how long he worked for Mad Magazine, how old he was when he died and all. So he did do one final fold-in that was supposed to come out after his death. And I don't know if it's because, you know, at various times it seemed like Mad might be canceled and sometimes mm-hmm. it was just all reprint material or whatever. Yeah. But they did end up running it while he was still alive. Oh, okay. And when when you folded it over, the the message ended up saying, no more Jaffe fold-ins. Because that was his last one. Yeah. I wonder, I, I haven't looked it up yet, I keep meaning to, I wonder if I, actually, I think someone has. I think at some point, like a, maybe a Fantagraphics type company or something like that, did a collection of the fold-ins. But I really wonder how you... Yeah, I wonder if... Um... And, and really, like, the front and back of the page are going to fold differently, too. Like, yes, yeah. it's pretty much a Z-shape, and you, but it's still going to fold a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I would think that somebody's got to be doing, like, a collection of, of those... Um... You know, they have to. Like it's... But I mean, I, I, yeah, I loved all the stuff for Mad. Like, I, I would find, you know, old issues that, you know, my uncles left, uh, you know, in their childhood bedrooms or up in my grandparents' attic or whatever. Like, uh, Al Jaffe's always there. Don Martin's always there. Sergio Ragno's. Like, you know, yeah. for such a long-standing magazine, there's some of these artists that were always there. And Al Jaffe, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, he died. That's so sad. And then I thought, I would have guessed he died a long time ago. And then, oh, my God, it was 102, 103? Yeah, 102. Yeah. Yeah. Just what, what an awesome life for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, well, uh, that's the only in memoriam I have for this episode. Did you have any, Kev? No. Okay. And that's a good thing. I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say and jinx it, but like every so often we go quite a while without, um, and I know Bushwhacker, um, was it Luke or Butch? One of the Bushwhackers just died, but I mean, he was sick for years and should not have made the flight to the United States. He flew to the United States for a convention signing, uh, for WrestleMania weekend and pretty much landed and went right to the hospital. Oh, that's too bad. And it was like, all right, his age, I think he was flying from New Zealand and all. It was just like, he, he shouldn't have done the trip at all anyways. Um, but, I mean, you know, much older, too. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember, oh, my God, this nearly 20 years ago now. I remember thinking, geez, there hasn't been a wrestler very young dying in a while. And I went out and got, like, dinner and came back home. And all of a sudden, you know, whole Internet's like, oh, so-and-so just died at 32. I'm like, oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Like it's like I jinxed it by putting it out in the air. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hadn't heard. Hadn't heard. Uh, you know, I remember the Bushwhackers, and you know they were a lot of fun back in the day. Um, now, do you know they used to be a super violent team before being the Bushwhackers? Yeah, I, I kind of remember that because they they kind it kind I weren't they like teasing them for a long time that, that you know they were coming to WWF. Yep, and they would do yep. promos and all their stuff, segments, yeah. and everything. Yep, yeah. But before that, they were on, uh, you know, with various other companies, and they were called the Sheep Herders. 
And they were one of the ones, because the old wrestling magazines, not the WWF ones, because those yeah. were more like children-based. But the other ones, you know, the better, bloodier cover you had, the more copies you are going to sell. Yeah. So, you know, here's Ric Flair bleeding all over a place in an NWA show. Like, that's your cover. Yeah. So they had all these violent, bloody tag uh, tag team like steel cage matches and cheap herders were always on the cover and then here they come to WWF and they're just comical and they got you know the the marching with their arms going around and licking yep. faces and all and just you know beloved by children and I'm like these guys were just tearing people up two yeah. years ago and now they're cartoonish but, and then that's what they became most famous for too yep yeah, no, no, that that's cool. Like, yeah, I, I, now that you say that, I think I do remember something about that. I, because I used to buy some of those old uh, wrestling magazines, like you say, like uh, like rest. I want to say Wrestling Illustrated and. Um, yep, for Wrestling Illustrated is a big one. That's that's yeah. the only one still around for them too. Yeah, I think there's a couple other ones. Um, because yeah, our local grocery store, like it used to have a really nice magazine section, but now it doesn't have. It just has, like, the magazines by the tills, um, the checkouts. but it, 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 It's, like, the same five ones, though. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly catered to, you know, women and, and uh, soap operas and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. You got your Archie comic digests there, too. Um, or, and horoscopes and crosswords and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, like, I, you know, back in the day, like, we used to have a really nice magazine section in that store, and there used to be a lot of wrestling magazines. And, uh, yeah, no, I just, I don't see them anywhere. I guess, like, with online and stuff, it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, disappears. And, and, and like, in my town, it was the last place that used to sell comic books, like, on, it wasn't a spinner rack, but it had, like, that wall rack. Um, yeah. Which, you know, had the spinner type of sleeve or, you know, slots, but it was stationary. Um, but, yeah, God, that's got to be at least 10 years since that's been gone. But, anyway, I digress. Um, all right, well, we can move on to the news segment. So, uh, we had the big um, Star Wars celebration happen, not uh, this last weekend, but the weekend after our last recording. Um, so, so a bunch of stuff came out of that. Um, there's going to be a Ray Skywalker, uh, movie. Um, they're, apparently they're going to be doing a Mandalorian verse movie. Um, Dave Filoni is going to be directing it, but it's going to, uh, tie up a bunch of stuff that's happened in book Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian, and I'm assuming Ahsoka. And then there was the the full on trailer for the Ahsoka series. Um, so the Ahsoka trailer, I I, I really liked it. I, I I think that looks amazing. Um, I'm you know fingers crossed. I remember thinking that about Kenobi too. And um, you know one year later, looking back at Kenobi, uh, or almost one year later, I think yeah, it was around this time. I think when it started. <coughs> um, that show did have some good, really good scenes, you know, but overall the writing just kind of didn't, did not go well, but this is a Dave Filoni show. Dave Filoni's pretty good. I think with his show, even though people are not happy with third season Mandalorian, but I'll talk about that later. 
Um, uh, I, I'm excited for it. The Ray Skywalker movie, I don't know why you would do that. Like, no, like, no offense to Days Ridley. I don't think it's, you know, the, all my issues with the sequel trilogy really are, really boils down to the writing and the creative um, direction. Um, you know, like, why would you go into a sequel trilogy without having it planned out? And, you know, making sure you, you know, meet certain criteria for a trilogy. Um, but that's Kathleen Kennedy. She's the one running the show, and that's how she does things. She, you know, and I mean, Star Wars is famous for this. Like, it was just a Star Wars celebration not too long ago where they were announcing, you know, there's going to be a Rogue Squadron movie. There's going to be a, um, a movie uh, by Ryan Johnson. There's going to be a movie by Kevin Feige. Uh, there was going to be a trilogy by the uh, the guys that did Game of Thrones, and now that's all been cancelled, I guess, or shelved. Um, they even filmed a teaser trailer with uh, Patty Jenkins um, for the Rogue Squadron movie. That never happened. Um, so they seem to make poor choices. And, and Ray Skywalker, like I said, no offense to Daisy Ridley, I think she was fine for what she had to deal with. But uh, the premise for this show is it takes place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, and it's about uh, Rey Skywalker, or Palpatine, whatever you want to call her. She identifies as Rey Skywalker. Um, her uh, building up the Jedi Order and, and, um, and the trials and tribulations that come along with that. So when I hear this, I'm like... That's what I wanted to see Luke Skywalker do. You know, like, that's what they should have done with Luke's character. But they didn't. They, you know, blew that up, and, and now they're putting it back on Rey. Um, but again, not to knock Rey, like, or Daisy Ridley. Like, it might be good, and, I, and I'm glad that they're, you know, moving ahead in time instead of, you know, just doing prequels and and staying close to what, what we know. But at the same time, I kind of wish, you know, there'd been a different announcement. But <clears throat> Kevin, what are your thoughts on all the all these Star Wars announcements? Well, I mean, it's a lot like many other studios, directors, you know, production houses, whatever. You can announce a lot of stuff. It doesn't mean it's getting made. Yeah. And, you know, like bringing up Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron sounded great. It's like, oh, geez, I want to see this movie. And now we're like, okay, it's just not happening for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't think the Ray Skywalker movie is going to happen at all. Um, It's nothing against her. It's nothing against a female character or anything like that. I just, I don't feel that there's... A desire for it if that makes sense yeah you know I, I i just think if you're gonna spend all of this money there's other stories that you're gonna get bigger return on investment for um i i if it was a disney plus movie i'd say it's more likely but i don't see it being a big theater release and all your star wars toys and everything else i just don't see it well, um, and, and the, the 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 only thing is, 
is um, I think it's Bob Iger, right? The guy that runs Disney now. I think he's put a ma- mandate out that he wants a, a, a Star Wars movie by the end of 2025. And whether that's true, I don't know. But I've heard that, you know, like basically he's put his foot down. Like we, we need Star Wars back in the theater. Because um, that's where we make our money, not Disney+. Plus. So, but I mean, like Kenobi should have been a a movie. Like that should have been a feature film. Um, you know, if you just like honestly, if you tri- if you had trimmed all the fat out of that show, um, you know, you got rid of the that unlikable character, uh, Cam- Reva. You know, and it's nothing to do with her race or gender. She was just not a likable character, not redeemable in any way. Uh, if you got rid of um, all the goofy, you know, stuff that went down and just had, like, a Kenobi movie, like, that would have been a perfect movie to do for a feature film. Especially with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen coming back and James Earl Jones doing the voice. and <clears throat> But, yeah, Ray Skywalker, like, the, like why would you double down on the sequel trilogy which many fans do not like you know like i like don't get me wrong i'm not saying everyone hates the sequel trilogy but i mean just kind of look at you know the way fandoms and not just fandom but the general audience has responded to the sequel movies um it wasn't that long ago like you could still go out and buy rise of skywalker toys because they just weren't selling um, yeah, you know, but but yet the Han, Luke, and Leia, and Darth Vader, all those toys were sold out. Um, because you know that's what people wanted to see. Like they didn't really care for the sequel, so I don't know why you would. You know, if you're if you're gonna make another push for the big screen, why would you? Uh, you know, double down on the sequels. Like I think of anything. Like honestly, I think would we're probably more likely to see the Mandalorian verse movie before this movie. I think it, oh, like, absolutely. If, like well, if, if uh, Bob Iger does have that mandate, like I, I need this back in the big screen, um, this franchise, I could see them saying like, Hey, we, you know, Dave Filoni do it now. Like we need to get this done. Uh, Cause you know, like capitalizing on the popularity of, of man, uh, of the Mandalorian uh, Mando, and baby Yoda, Grogu, um, you know, like that's, Grogu's probably the biggest, uh, you know, um, win for, for Star Wars since, you know, Disney bought them. Um, so yeah, I could, I could see like that happening before the, the, the Ray Skywalker movie. See, but I, I also feel like the Mandalorian movie should be the end of that um, group, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you want to throw Boba Fett in there, you want to throw um, the Shoka show in there. Like, I kind of feel like that should be it. You know, everything ties up with a Mandalorian movie, and then, you know, we move on to something else. Yeah. Um, and there, there was some other announcements. I know there was, uh, a show called the Skeleton Crew, 
that's coming out, I think, with Jude Law and the occult, or occult, or no, sorry, the acolyte, sorry, acolyte. Um, and I think that one of them's like a High Republic show, which, for for those who don't know, that that's uh, a time period in Star Wars that takes three takes place 300 years prior to the original trilogy. So this is like the height of, of the Republic. That's why they, I guess, call it the High Republic. And then I think the other one takes place, like, back before the Republic. Like, uh, you know, a thousand years or ten thousand years in the past. Um, I think I'd be more interested in that. You know, like, I, I, I've been seeing since day one. Like, when they did the... Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when they did... Uh, the Star Wars Old Republic video games, I I said then, like, this should be the um, a trilogy of movies. Like, the you know, when the Sith were running wild and there was, you know, Sith Lords everywhere and they're fighting the Jedi and they're fighting each other and, like, that's what you, that's what you need to focus on. Um, not, you know, stuff that we've already seen, you know. Like the, you know, and it's a shame, you know, like, uh, like the Force Awakens, for example. Like, I mean, that, like, J.J. Abrams literally just recopied the original Star Wars movie. You know, he just changed a few things, and added, you know, the John John Boyega's character, which was a great character in that movie. And then he had nothing to do for the next two movies. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame. Like, I I really liked him in in the Force Awakens, but anywho. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, but, yeah, Dave Filoni, despite what people, you know, like I said, people are not liking this new season of The Mandalorian. I happen to like it. I don't think it's as strong as the first two seasons, but I I think it was still a good season overall. Um, all right. So, Super Mario Brothers, the film success is being placed... Uh, Okay, so for those who don't know, the Super Mario Brothers movie is so far the top-grossing movie of 2023. It's the most top-grossing, I think, animated film of all time, or opening weekend, or something like that. It's doing very well. Uh, so, uh, Super Mario Brothers film success is being placed on their insistence on staying true to the games rather than going woke. Um, apparently, the original script... As written, was you would have seen Princess Peach rescuing Mario, and she was going to be the, you know, kind of the Mary Sue uh, of the film. And Nintendo, uh, you know, the I guess Nintendo big wig, I can't remember his name, looked at the script and was like, "Nope, that's not happening. This is a Super Mario. You know, if you want to do a Princess Peach movie, do a Princess Peach movie. This is Super Mario." In the Super Mario games, Super Mario's the the, the hero, um, and uh, you know uh, they were worried that uh, going woke wouldn't wouldn't sit well with audiences. And I think this proves that they were right. Um, you know, they stayed true to the games. Uh, Princess Peach was still a you know very strong and and uh, good character in the film, and it's doing quite well. In the box office, I, I went and seen it opening weekend, and I thought it was fantastic. I, I, you know, I don't really 
go to animated movies anymore now that my kids are older. Uh, but I took my daughter, my youngest daughter, to it because uh, she's a gamer. And, I mean, back in the day, we used to play, you know, the Super Mario games. And, you know, we both had a great time watching that movie. It was it was very well done. Um, hats off to everybody. Um, I thought everyone did good. You know, I heard people complaining that they didn't like Seth Rogen voicing Donkey Kong, but I thought he was perfectly fine. I thought Jack Black did, a, did an amazing job uh, as Bowser. Um and, and uh, you know, not to spoil it too much, but, you know, Bowser does some singing in the movie, which, if people know Jack Black, he also likes to sing, you know, you know, being part of Tenacious D and all that. And it was fantastic. It was funny. It was hilarious. It was, you know, everything I thought a Mario movie should be in it. And if there's a sequel, I'll definitely be checking it out. Uh, Kev, have you seen Super Mario? And, and what are your thoughts on all of this? So I've not, yeah, I really want to. I'm kind of wondering if um, my kid wants to see it this weekend. He he listed like four movies he wants to see. Yeah. And I don't know if he actually wants to go to the theater or if he's just, you know, making a conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but Mario's one that I really want to see it too. Yeah. Um. And uh, I was, I forget, just because it's made a crazy amount of money and everything. And I was like, well, it's the, I believe it's Illumination people that yep. made it. Yep. You know, and I mean, like, I, I, I haven't seen every Illumination movie, but I also have not seen one that I didn't like. Yeah. I've liked all of them, you know, to various levels. But, um, and I don't know for, you know, you for Canada, but for here, so many... Um, schools are hit spring break. Mm -hmm. So you got, you know, kids at home, you just want to get them out of the house for a while. Yep. What are you going to do? Well, yep. for a wide variety of ages, you could go to the Mario movie. You could even have adults go and get something out of it, too. Yep. Um, yep. And there's no other movie that has that right now. And there's not going to be movie. I mean, like, Guardians probably be the next movie that you know people a wide variety can go to but there's not another kids one there's not another animated one there's not another family one and you have so many people on their spring break taking vacations whatever brilliant time to release a movie like this yep yeah like, no, i think it, that was the secret for how, oh absolutely so much money and also, I mean, like, you know, jokes about the, the night, was it in the 90s? You know, the, the old Mario Brothers movie that's horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Bob, um, Bob Hoskins one. Yeah, and I mean, the cartoon, you know, those cartoons goofy and even the live action scenes and all. Like, you know, there's all, all sorts of stuff. But I think you had a group here for it that's like, all right, it's a stupid thing. But what if we treated it with some love mm -hmm. and just had fun with it? And again, I haven't seen it yet and I'm not a hardcore video game person, but one of my friends that is, is like, there's five different sequels you could make coming out of this. And they set up all of them. Yep. There, he's like, there, you could do Wario. There's no Wario Waluigi 
in here at all. You could totally do another movie for this. Yep. You could do a Luigi's Haunted Mansion movie. You could do, like, he's just listening, like, here's all the stuff that you could do spinning out of this. He's like, they could have a huge franchise. Um, I was even wondering, and again, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not sure. You know, Donkey Kong makes sense. Mario's in Donkey mm-hmm. Kong going all the way back to the first game. Like, that makes sense. Um, but I was wondering, like, could you do Super Smash Brothers and really open it up for, like, all of Nintendo content? Maybe. That that would be interesting. Yeah, have, yeah, I don't know how you do a plot for it. And, you know, I've seen the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat movie, so I really don't know how you do a plot for it. But, you know, I'm just thinking to get more of your video game characters in that world on the screen. Yeah. No, but, I mean, like, we don't... You know, it's funny. Video games kind of ended up uh, taking the place of comics in a way. As mm-hmm. far as, you know, um, your your Frederick Wortham style yeah. witch hunt and being blamed for delinquency and blamed for the violence. And we need we need ratings on this. And who will think of the children? Like all the stuff that we know they attack comics for, they end up attacking video games for. Yeah. But now we're like 40, maybe even 50 years out from like Atari for stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have a majority of your generations there. You've got parents and grandparents that grew up with video games, don't see it as this harmful thing, and can go into a movie like Mario and have it treated well. You yeah. finally had a, a, enough people there. They're like, let's just treat it with some respect and have some fun with it and, yep. and give everyone what they wanted. And, oh, look, it worked. Yep. Well, that's the that's the staying power of Mario. Like that's why Mario keeps coming back in in the video games. You know, like it obviously, you know, he's a popular character. Obviously, they know how to make him right. Um, but yeah, like the story that I was referencing, like yeah, apparently, yeah, like uh, whoever the screenwriter was, like wanted you know to turn it around and have Princess Peach be the you know the hero of the movie and. And you know, kind of, kind of what they're what Hollywood's been kind of doing lately um, to to the male stars, um, and and that's not the secret to making a powerful female character. You you know, like um, you don't make a, a a female character strong and interesting by having her belittle her her male counterparts. Like it just you know, it never works. Like, um, you know, like going back to the, you know, like the Empire Strikes Back, like, or the original Star Wars, you know, like Princess Leia was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of get, you know, poking fun, po- poking fun at Han and, and Luke and stuff, but they, they gave it back to her too, you know, like it, 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 it was just the way it goes. But this, you know, Captain Marvel approach where, you know, or, or Ray Skywalker approach where, you know, you're just all powerful and with no training, no, like there's no hardship, you know, like people just can't, can't identify with that. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, like the, the Nintendo guys stepped in and was, and were like, no, like that's not the movie we're going to make here. 
and uh and it worked you know had it been like a woke disaster i think it you know would have died off real quickly um which i kind of feel is kind of what happened to ant-man to be honest with you um because uh, and i haven't seen Ant man like you've seen it kev but i haven't seen it yet yeah. just from what i've seen i really don't like what they did with cassie lang you know um especially like i watched this one video on youtube where the where people were comparing the two because there was two different actresses well it's actually three different actresses because he had the kid version of cassie in the first two ant-man movies but then because of the blip they moved up five years so an end game you know like that actress like when she sees her dad you know they're crying and they're hugging and and the end of the movie you know they're they're watching the fireworks as they're sitting on the roof with uh uh what's her name um not Janet, Hope. Uh, Hope Van Dyne. And, you know, they're watching the fireworks and stuff. Like, And then when you go into the Ant-Man 3 movie, you know, she's, like, snarky and rude and, and telling her dad, you know, she's not doing enough and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it was, you know, like this guy that did this video, this comparison was like, they're, they're like two different characters. Like, they don't, they don't even feel like the same person. Like, I empathize with that character from endgame because you know she you know seeing her cry seeing scott cry you know they hadn't seen each other in five years she thought she lost her dad forever and he came back and she's happy to see him and then in this other this new version you know using air quotes the woke version you know she you know doesn't even respect her dad you know she's always belittling him and and you know making him look like a doofus or feel like a doofus and and I I think that's the problem with Hollywood is people don't like to see that, you know, with our with our characters. Um. And and if they had done that in the Mario movie, where it would be just Princess Peach like schooling Mario and, you know, telling him how bad he is and and like it, it definitely wouldn't have done as good, I don't think. It it would it would have had bad word of mouth. But yes, I think one of the reasons why it did so well was it up, up here. It also, uh, in my area anyway, hit uh, with spring break. Um, so I know, like my nephews and my niece, they all went to it because they were off school, and 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 yeah, they had a had a great time going to watch that movie. Um, all right. So there is apparently a Harry Potter reboot tv series tv series in the works for max not yep <laughs> it's just known as max now it's not hbo max for some reason um and jk rowling is is said to be involved um i'm i'm cool with that i i think it's a i think harry potter is a great idea uh as a tv series just because there's so much information that was in the books that got left out like, I, I would say, you know, just my opinion, the first two movies were pretty faithful to the books, uh, for the first two books, but the first two books were also the smallest books in the series. As the series went on, mm -hmm. they got larger and larger, and and uh, <clears throat> I think Order of the Phoenix was the biggest one. Um, so, uh, to me, you know, like, I, I know in the, in the films they had to cut a lot out. Uh, there was, you know, some characters that were, were not in it. Um, like I know Dobby, the house elf, he didn't, he was in the second movie, but he didn't show up till like the seventh movie again. 
but he had, but he was in the books more. Um, and that's just a few examples. So having it, you know, on a TV series, uh, as a TV series, like the first couple seasons could be, you know, six episodes, seven episodes, but as the books get bigger, you know, you can start having, you know, a 10 episode season, you know, maybe order the Phoenix, maybe it's 15 episodes or 20 episodes. Who knows? Like it, you know, you you know, there's a lot of material you can work in there. Um, I think it's a good idea. Um, I know some of the hardcore Potterheads might not like it because they think of Daniel Radcliffe as Harry and, and, um, Emily Watson as Hermione and, and Rupert Grint as, um, as, uh, I was going to say Samwise, but no, um, oh geez, what's Harry's friend's name? Ron. Ron, Ron Weasley. That's right. Um, but you know, I, I, I think, you know, you know, back when they did the, those movies, like doing it as a TV series was, was not feasible. It just wasn't in the cards. Uh, but now, you know, Game of Thrones has shown that, you know, you can have these epic, um, you know, series done for television. If anything, uh, Game of Thrones actually, they still cut a lot of stuff out, like, Honestly, like one Game of Thrones book should be like two seasons of television. Um, so they still ended up cutting a lot out. Whereas Harry Potter, those books aren't as big, um, even the bigger ones. So, you know, I think they could stay more true to the source material. And I, you know, and despite, you know, the cancel culture effort on J.K. Rowling, I'm glad that she's involved. She is the creator of this world. I think it would be just. It wouldn't be good to do it without her, I don't think. You know, you can, you know, separate what, you know, her political beliefs and whatever. Like, just let her do her thing. Um, I just hope that they don't go crazy with the, you know, potential race swapping and gender swapping of characters. Um, you know... I, I just hope they don't do that. I hope they stay true to uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, intentions for the characters. And if they do change things, I hope it's with her blessing. Like, I hope she says, like, actually, you know, I, I, was, I actually had thought this character was African-American, so I'm cool with that, or, or whatever, you know. Um, as, long, as long as it's done, done well... I, I think this could be a great thing. Kev, what are your thoughts? I, I've actually thought for years that they should take the Harry Potter ones one book per season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think doing this on Max is probably the best way because I'm like, I don't want a inflated network season of like 22 episodes. Like, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Especially for the first couple books. Yeah. I want, you know, 8 to 12, depending on how long the story is. And you can absolutely do it. Um, this is the best format for it. I wouldn't do it as, you know, the whole season drops on Tuesday. I would absolutely do it weekly. Mm -hmm. Milk everything you, you can out of it. Um, I, I feel... So, I mean, we're doing seven books. Let's say... 
I mean, like the the kids because they're gonna start as kids are gonna have to pretty much work nonstop because yeah. if you wait too long, they're gonna get too old. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, best case scenario, you're doing one season a year. Yeah. But with how long stuff takes to film and special effects and everything. I think more realistically, maybe they can do the seven seasons in 10 years. Yeah. I, I, go, I, I think they could film like the, the human stuff in that, in, in the seven years, but definitely the special effects will, will hold them back. But as long as they get it filmed, as long as they get it on, on, yeah. on you know, on, on, I was going to say on tape, but you know, like it, as long as it's in the can and then they can add the special effects later. Because yeah, like having having kids come back two years later and their voices are different and you know they're you know two feet taller, like it just it it's dicey when you when you cast uh uh you know for a kid's story. But you yeah, know. if you start them at like eleven years old and go till they're eighteen at the earliest, that's a big jump. Yep. And more than likely, you're going until they're like twenty. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I, I was actually having this conversation with a friend last week. You need to do things like this with your franchises or else your franchises die. Yep. And, and I brought up to him, I said, uh, Thundercats. I said, when's the last time there was anything Thundercats? And this is someone that's not as deep in pop culture, so he didn't know. Yeah. You know, the Cartoon Network has tried twice in the last, like, ten years to have different ones for yeah. various degrees of success he's like oh my god i haven't thought thundercats since i was a little kid i'm like exactly i go but transformers there's new stuff all the time gi joe they try to do new stuff all the time they're trying again with ghostbusters i'm like star wars even was left for 20 years damn near yep you know not quite 20 but for 15 i'll say at least did nothing with that property and i was like go back further go back to stuff our, our parents watch our grandparents whatever i'm like there's nothing for the phantom there's nothing for the shadow those used to be huge mm-hmm. you know there's nothing for um flash gordon you know like i was just coming up with the random stuff i'm like i know about it because that's my world mm-hmm. i'm like but these franchises are dead now harry potter's huge you you can't you wouldn't imagine it my kid is on his second run of the movies right now. He watched all of them. He loved all of them. He's doing uh, audio books for the actual books and loving that. And he wants to go through the movies again because now that he's watched all of them, he's going back through and catching on things that he didn't catch the first time. Mm-hmm. And the stuff makes more sense and it's more exciting and all. And I'm like, that's great. He didn't grow up with them, but he's still loving and discovering these. I'm like, but that's still just one generation. And he, he's asking questions like, well, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Um, you know, just because kids end up getting quicker and picking up on things differently. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how long does it go before it's like, I mean, we there, you know, like he, he's watched one Star Wars with me, but he doesn't care mm-hmm. really about it. Um, so that's one generation. He doesn't care about Star Wars. So by the time we get two or three, now we're into, like, the Shadow or the Phantom thing of, like, oh, what was that? Oh, I think my grandfather liked that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the heck it is. 
and if you don't have new stuff coming along, that's going to happen. So I, I'm all for this. And then eventually I think we'll get reinterpretations of Harry Potter. Like, okay, here's a, here's a reboot. Or what if, what if we did Harry Potter in America? What if we did the Harry Potter in Victorian times? You know, like eventually you will get to that point of bouncing around with it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, and I've said it before to you, I can't believe we haven't got a Harry Potter comic series. Yeah. Just adapting the books alone could take you to a hundred issues. At least it, it would sell out and sell tons of copies, tons of copies for the graphic novels too. I'm shocked that it just never happened. Yeah. Well, the thing with the, with the comics, like I know like when they did, um, who was it? Dynamite. When they did the game of Thrones comics, um, mm-hmm. They they just didn't sell because they didn't have the likeness rights to the actors, so they had to draw you know the characters differently. Um, not like mm. they're not like they're they're um, you know their counterparts on on TV. Um, so a lot of people didn't like from what I've heard. Uh, I personally didn't buy them, or you know to be honest with you, uh, I didn't check it out. But from what I heard, a lot of people found that jarring. You know, like you're you're reading about Ned Stark, but he doesn't look like Ned Stark. He looks different. Now, you know what? Now I could see that. That that would make a lot of sense. We want to do this, but they're either going to look. Either we want them to look like the actors, and you yep. have to get every actor on board, and that's going to take a lot. And then they're going to want to cut because you're using their likeness. Yep. Or we need to all agree they're going to look completely different and cross our fingers that we can all move on with that. Yep. Yeah, I could absolutely see that as a as a stalling point. Yeah, hadn't thought of that. But yeah, like I mean, uh, Harry Potter. Like, one thing I found, one thing they could do, I think, like with, with the comic books, especially because like Dub- Warner Brothers owns the rights to the Harry Potter series. Um. They own obviously DC comics. Why not do comics in that universe? You know, like ask J.K. Rowling, could we do a you know like uh, some uh, you know character that was mentioned here or something that you know this incident that was mentioned there? Can we do a comic book version of it? You know, like why not do something like that? Yeah, uh, Expanded universe. Yeah, here's the story. Hundred. Yeah, here's the story. Hundred years in the past in this world. Yeah. It doesn't affect anything, any other story, but it's yeah. just to use, you know, the the world that was created here. Yeah. Or, or one thing that would, which I always thought would be interesting, like if they um, did something like to the effect, like, you know, when when certain historical things happened, like when, like say, World Wars took place, or you know, whatever, um, and have like it told from like the you know the wizard's point of view you know like you know maybe world war ii maybe they had to stay out of it like they couldn't help out or maybe they did and we didn't know it maybe it would have been a lot worse for for us for you know muggles um you know something like that i think would be very interesting but any anywho uh, no but you're you're on something tell the story of the blitz yeah yep you know through through that lens Oh man, that's a story. Jeez, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Kev, did you have any other news you wanted to throw out there before we move on? 
Um, let's see. We had all the trailers lately. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Marvels trailer, which actually looks lots of fun. Yeah, and and I've heard a lot of criticism that people are saying it looks like a Disney Plus project because like the the moon setting looked pretty fake and all that other stuff. And I'm like, I I, I don't like. Just give it a chance, guys. Like I don't I don't know. Like a lot of people have a hate on for Brie Larson and and um, a lot of people didn't watch Ms. Marvel. I did. Um, Loved it. Yeah, I think last year I said like that was my favorite. Marvel show last year uh, was Ms. Marvel. I, th- I, I, I think that, you know, ac- actress was phenomenal. She's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I like, honestly, when it comes to Marvel movies, I don't know. I used to make the special trip in to watch them. Like, I am for Guardians of the Galaxy because, I lo- you know, I love those movies. It's James Gunn. You know, like I've I've loved you know every everything that he's touched with with you know with the Guardians, um, but as far as the Marvels, will I go see it opening weekend? I don't know, but maybe I might I might make a trip in. Um, but I think the trailer looks good. I think I think yeah. you know. Um, trailer for it looks fun. Trailer for Guardians three. I'm like, it looks fun. I'm not. You know, freaking out, oh my god, I have to see this, because yeah. I know I will see it, too. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, that looks good. Um, what the hell? A uh, trailer for Spider-Verse 2. Like, oh my god, yeah. I can't wait for this. Yeah, I seen that um, uh, when we went to see Super Mario Brothers, they played that. And, um, yeah. yeah, my daughter really liked the first one, so we'll definitely be going in to see that when it comes out. Yeah, um, the Blue Beetle trailer, I went from not caring to thinking this is going to be a great, fun movie. Like, I, I want to take my kid to that one. I still got to see that, because you mentioned that last episode, and I still haven't I still haven't watched it yet. I got to I gotta check that out. Yeah. Yep, and, and, and still, because I've gone back through them, I know we talked about it, but I went back through them, I'm going to watch it, but the Secret Invasion trailer did nothing for me. Yeah, I'm... I, I love Samuel L. Jackson. I'm more interested to see what Amelia Clark is doing in that movie or that show. Um, yeah, because I love her. She's she's fantastic. Um, and I and I do like. Oh, I can't remember that guy's name. The guy who plays the the scroll. I like him. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can't remember his name though. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Tallow. Like he played uh, the the scroll's name was Tallow. So I I, I did like Tallow's. From the from the Captain Marvel movie, so you know, be from from the first one, so. But yeah, it didn't like blow me away or anything like that because the yeah, like I think I mentioned like when we talked about this before, like um, if you can't have all the heroes in it, it you know, because it was one of those events that every hero had a had a part in. So doing mm-hmm. the TV version is gonna kind of to me it feels kind of a, like a letdown. It's like we're not gonna see you know. At least I don't think we're going to see many heroes in this film or the show. Um, you know, maybe that's the surprise. Maybe the reveal is we will see, you know, some of the major characters. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, like you said, I wasn't I wasn't blown away by it by any means. Now, um, I don't know if you saw what was trending this morning and last night. 
I've never watched an episode. I, it's one of those, like, I plan on getting to it eventually, but I'm not in a rush for it. Um, but this is the last season of Titans, I believe, oh, okay. on HBO Max. <clears throat> yep. And, and they had a scene on this week's episode that was kind of like a blown up the internet scene. Oh. And it made me want to watch the show, but I also know if I just watch the one episode out of context, it's not going to mean much. But there were all these clips online of what they pulled off. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if I should spoil it or not. <laughs> well, go go ahead. Like, I, I watched the first season, but I haven't went back and and, re, and watched. And, it, like, the first season was okay. Um, I really liked, because uh, the guy who's in, oh, that show that came out last year. Uh, is it Jack Reach? Is it Rosa Reacher? Jack Reacher? Reacher. Reacher, yeah. Like, that dude that was in that show played Hawk in the first season of Titans. And then, uh, I can't remember the actress's name who played Dove. Um, Minka Kelly. Um, And she, they were fantastic. Like, they should, like, there should have been a Hawk and Dove show with them. It would have been amazing. Um, But aside from them, it kind of was no... To me, it felt really not much different than a CW Arrowverse show. Um, but I really, Hawk and Dove, I really liked them in that first season. But, but Kev, what's, uh, what's the spoiler? So, they're doing, and I, and I don't know how it happened or anything, but somehow Beast Boy is in this, like, multiverse nexus area. It looks very, you know, cosmic and, and webbed and everything's connected yep. and all, you know, and he's trying to <clears throat> figure out what's going on and navigate it. So he's looking at one thing, like one reality, one whatever, and it starts to come into focus and he sees running and it's the Flash, which mm. has not been in the Titans thing. It's a you know, yep. Flash from a different reality there. And he's like, oh, okay, this is crazy. And then he gets like bumped out of this you know in between realities thing and he pops up and he's standing next to star girl oh. from her show yeah and it's just like okay and he, and he somehow gets drawn back into it and uh there was one that was like I, i'm watching like a twitter thing on the, not you know actual screen but one looked all kind of cloudy and fuzzy i it almost looked like it was supposed to be swamp thing hmm. from the you know, old movies and TV show and all. I'm not totally sure if it was or not. That's just what it looked like to me. Yeah. I'm, you know, looking at it, you know, a small clip on Twitter. Uh, so then another reality is forming, and, and this is Beast Boy checking out all of this, and it's Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go. Huh. Which is treated as a legit other, Reality. you know, universe. Yeah. Everything, yeah. And then the one that got me and the one that got, you know, trending and everything, this other reality appears... And you just see the back of someone, and they kind of raise their head up slowly and turn around and look, and they're aware that someone is watching them through the multiverse. Yeah. And so they just get closer up to this, like, window into their reality, almost like it's an actual window, and they're just kind of like, hey, what's up? And just kind of wave and say hi to Beast Boy. Yeah. Wondering what he's doing, peering in on this other reality. And it's freaking Grant Morrison. Oh, really? Like the actual Grant Morrison as himself. Yeah. 
And Grant Morrison, and I, I had a long discussion with a coworker about this today. Like, I've never done drugs, and he's done a lot of drugs. <laughs> and he, yeah. he thinks on a different level. Yep. And if there is anyone on this planet that has done things and found a way to go into other realities and universes himself, that would be my top guess. Mm-hmm that he's found some way to expand his mind and go places that no one else can or knows how to. So for him to appear in this role made a lot of sense too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was very cool. Side, side, side note here. This was the conversation at work. Um, it, it became, uh, what do we think of Grant Morrison and Garth Ennis? Mm hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, they're, they're two different writers, really, in my mm-hmm. mind. And I boiled it down, though. I said, you know what? They are similar. And let me explain how they're similar. I said, they're both fucked up. Yep. And my brain is not that fucked up. One is fucked up in one way, very spiritual, cosmic, you know, other plane of existence way of thinking. The other's fucked up like, you you should probably be locked up for some of the thoughts you've put on paper here. I'm assuming that's Garth Ennis. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're both screwed up. My mind does not work that way. And that's why I reach roadblocks in what they do where I'm like, Ooh, I, I, you know, I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around what you're doing here. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to continue or not. So they're both very similar in that way. Like, for different reasons, but a, a similarity, though. Yeah. Yeah, Garth Ennis, he can really tap into the darkness of human nature. Um, and Grant Morrison can really tap into... Uh, I, I want to say, like, he's really good at these long-form, seemingly disconnected stories that, when you look at them... Overall, it's like, holy crap, this ties into this, this ties into this. Like, his JLA run is probably my favorite. The love Justice, of JLA. Justice League, yeah. All-Star um, all, all Superman is one of the best oh, Superman things I've ever read in my life. Yeah, like, I mean, that should be a movie. Like, like yeah, yeah if, they if got I, the animated one, which is good, but not... Like, if, if yeah, honestly, if I was James Gunn, I would... I. And I, you know, this is a quick tangent. Like they went on, they did Henry Cavill dirty. I think, um, I would, I would give Henry Cavill All Star Superman, like make that, yeah, his final movie. And I think that would be, you know, a fitting tribute. That would be an awesome, you know, like. But I don't know how you do it in just one movie, though. I think it would have to be like a trilogy. But I don't know. Uh, no, no. HBO Max series. Each issue is one hour. Yeah. By, yeah. and you grow to love him as Superman, and all yeah. the triumphs and all, uh, all the trials, everything he's gone through. Twelve weeks later, when that last episode hits, everyone watching it's crying their eyes out. What they he what... he becomes a generation Superman. And and what yeah that's brilliant and what they could do is also do like a theatrical release of each episode, um, yeah you know the same week, so you know you can you know do some double dip because there's some people that would want to watch it on the big screen I would want to watch it on the big screen, but yeah like to 
yeah, have every, every episode be one one issue. Like, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Um, but they just get, they have to find someone different than Jesse Eisenberg to play Lex Luthor, though. Oh my God, he's awful at it. Like, yeah, he, he needs a fitting, like it, like Brian Cranston. I don't understand. Why not Brian Cranston? He's like the perfect Lex Luthor. Cranston, you find? Yeah. Yeah. I, Eisenberg is like the Joker's pretending to be Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. And even then I would think that might be too generous, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, too nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, but anywho, um, all right. Well, I think we could move on to our brain candy segment this week. Um, so I'll just quickly rifle off what I got. I already mentioned I went to super Mario brothers, a lot of fun, highly recommend it. I just recently binged a Netflix series called treason um, this came out Boxing Day, uh, of last year, and I m- have been meaning to watch it because it's, you know, it's British series, MIS, or MI, no, MI6, sorry, you know, James Bond type of stuff. Um, it's got a lot of actors that I really enjoy, including Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil in, uh, the Netflix Daredevil TV series. Uh, he's also been on Boardwalk Empire, and he's been in other things. He was in She-Hulk last year, um, and he's going to be at Calgary next weekend, and I'm getting a photo op with him and Vincent D'Onofrio, so I'm like, i got to watch the show um, in case I do get a chance to talk to the guy. Um, and it was great. It was only five episodes, um, and yeah. They, you, you fly through them. Like, it, 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 it was a great series. It really was. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything. I highly recommend it. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Treason. Um, and I got a bunch of comic book recommendations. I'm, I'm not going to talk about Star Trek Picard because I'm going to talk about that in our Pop Culture Pub episode. Um, so I got some comic book stuff. 8 Billion Genies just ended with issue number 8. And it was a great comic book series. Um, you know, I highly recommend Charles Soule. Um, he's a great writer, and this was a great series. Um, Darkwing Duck is being done by Dynamite, and I I think it's fantastic. It's exactly like the, the, the TV series Darkwing Duck. Each issue feels like an episode of that show. It's so good. Um, She-Hulk and Joe Fix-It are... You know, good, solid Marvel books. Joe Fixit is uh, that era of the Hulk when he was gray in the in the 80s, early 90s. Um, I also checked out uh, Marvel Tales' original graphic novel called Avengers Rage of Ultron, um, written by Rick Remender with Jerome Pena and Pepe Larez uh, doing the art. Um, this is one of the best Ultron stories I've ever read. Avengers Rage of Ultron. It, it's it's fantastic. Mm. Um, and then I also read Avengers War Across Time. I've only read the first four parts. This is a five-part miniseries. Uh, written by Paul Levitz uh, with art by Alan Davis. And basically they're just expanding on old Stanley Jack Kirby stories that uh, were done. So like this is like, the you know, Avengers team where it was like Captain America, 
Giant Man, Wasp, Thor, Iron Man, um, and you know it, they. Paul Levitz is writing it in the style of Stan Lee, um, so you got Cap, you know, with his, you know, World War Two sensibilities. Um, you got Janet Van Dyne flirting with everybody. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Uh, and then, based on uh, Kevin's recommendation last episode, I started reading The Ogre Gods, Volume 1. Ooh, um, okay. And it it's great. Yeah, like you were right, the, the art's fantastic. It's an interesting concept. Um, I'm only, like, maybe 10 pages in so far. Um, but it, it was a good deal on Kindle. Because um, I, I, I looked it up on Amazon, and... They only sell them in like hardbacks, yeah. um, and they were like forty bucks a piece or something. I'm like, Ugh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to pull the trigger on that. But Kindle, I think it was like eight ninety nine or something for for each book. So I was like, oh, all right, I'll, you know, I'll pay, I'll pay that, sure. So I, I got the first volume, and yeah, it, it's been been great so far. So yeah, though, that's my brain candy for this week. Uh, Kevin, what do you got this week for brain candy? All right, I'll be, I'll be curious as you continue along with it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep, um, keep you updated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, can't remember if I mentioned or not. I finished the most recent season of Letterkenny. We have it on Hulu. You have it on Crave. Yeah. <clears throat> um, not as good. Like, not terrible, but six seasons. I'd say one was, like, really good, really funny, and the rest were kind of there. Yeah. Um. But then uh, Hulu Auto played Little Kenny, which is like these two, three minute animated things of them in grade school. Oh, okay. And the actual voice actors, it was like, it looks like a stupid thing that would play in between shows. Like, oh, oh, geez, the show ended and the next show does, you know, the top of the hours in five minutes and we didn't sell enough commercial time. So we just need something to throw on TV. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. And I was just like, all right. There was maybe six of them. They were like three months each. I got through them. That's it. I will never watch these again. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't care. Um, for uh, the wrestling podcast I listened to that does homework, we watched uh, the Marine 4. Watched Marine 3 mm. a couple weeks ago. Watched the Marine 4, yep. which is still not good, but they are like perfect, cheesy, dumb action movies. Like This is the stuff of like, oh, it's Saturday afternoon, you know, let's play this at, like, noon or two or whatever. Yeah. On some, you know, non-network, you know, uh, channel that carries, like, syndicated shows or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was like, I would have wasted two hours watching this on a Saturday. You know, get 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 a sandwich and some chips and a soda and just chill and watch that for a while. Yep. And mindless bubblegum entertainment. Um, let's see. For comics uh i did iron cat in the past couple weeks that was not good mm. um is that is that it, um, I, I re- oh what's your name um iron cat uh is that patsy walker no it's no because she's in the iron man now like she's dating tony stark i guess yeah. yep um but no iron cat is uh black cat steals some iron man armor Mm. to do a heist and then her and Tony now got to kind of deal with each other 
And then someone from Black Cat's past uh, shows up in a set of armor to frame her so that Black Cat and Tony get into it. She's like, it's not me. Yeah. And then all three of them get into it. There's an Iron Man villain that shows up and all. And it's like the the graphic novel, it's like five issues. And it's just a little, it was fun. It's beautifully drawn. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a con game one in a way. Yeah. But it's just very simple, too. You know, it's it's too easy to read, too simple, no high stakes. It's fun, you know, just like I would say the Marine one. Yeah. It's an okay waste of time, but it didn't mean anything at all. Yeah. No. Um, I, re- I read uh, Nice House on the Lake Volume 2, collecting issues 7 through 12. That's where they're going to stop for now and pick it up later. Oh, okay. That book's fucked up. Oh my god! Um, it's James Tinian doing it. It yeah. is horror. It is sci-fi. It is. I don't know what I would think of this situation. And then, like, we get more of what's really going on in the second volume, and was it that, closes up. And it's was that the series that uh, he was doing through Substack, where it was like his his own thing? No, because I think he's doing it through DC Black Label. Oh, okay. Which was Vertigo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, at the end of it, I'm like, okay, it's a good ending. It could be an ending, like if they never went back to it, but it also could be a good part one mm-hmm. as well. And if they want to take a couple months off, a year off, whatever, and come back to the story, I'll be very curious. Uh, I did House of Slaughter Volume 2, which is the spinoff of Something is Killing the Children. Hmm. Um, House of Slaughter Volume 1, I'm like, alright, you know, this is, you know, they're building a big world here, it's too much for one book, but I didn't care about this story. Volume 2 story, I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Like, this really expands the world, makes me wonder what's going on in this series and all, and I I can't wait to learn more. So that was loads of fun. Um, I'm doing Rocketeer the Great Race right now, which was uh, IDW doing a new Rocketeer title. Dave, mm-hmm. Dave Stevens, the creator's long dead. So this was just picking it up. Uh, Artist is great. Nails Rocketeer, Nails Betty Page, slash not Betty Page for copyright, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously it is. Like, Nails all the art very well, the time frame. Like, it, it's fun. And uh, it makes me want to re-watch the movie sometime soon. Because I don't know the last time I saw that. And uh, to double back for the reason why Grant Morrison got talked about today, I read Grant Morrison's Klaus from Boom Studios, hmm. which is Grant Morrison's version of the Santa Claus origin story. Right. And I'm uh, like, it's loaded. Yeah. And uh, by that, I mean, it's supposed to be him doing um, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Klaus, it's, you know, Norwegian, it's winter, you know, toys, you know, all all sorts of stuff like that. But it's also, like, a very, um... uh, The exiled person who should have been leading the kingdom comes back, you know, to, to put it right again. Which isn't any Santa Claus story I know. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 seems like it it seems like this would have 
this is the closest Grant Morrison's going to get to writing a kid's book. <laughs> and it's not a kid's book at all. Yeah. But it's a sad story. It's very interesting. It's very fun. It doesn't scream that it's Grant Morrison. It's not, you know, overdone, overly thought, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, is this supposed to be a old adventure tale or is this a Santa story or what is it? It it also feels like it's an idea that he's like, I have this idea. I have to get it out. Yeah. I don't know how good it is or not. So like I, I enjoyed it, but I'm still torn on it. I I don't think I'll ever read it again. I'm not going to buy it or anything. Um, but I'm torn on how much I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I'm waiting to see how much it sticks with me. It's it's the least Grant Morrison thing I've ever read by him. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, well, I think we can play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? Ooh. All right. You can find me on most social medias. I don't have a blue check mark, but I never did to begin with, so I don't have to complain about losing my blue check mark today as we record. Excellent. Uh, but you can find me on most social medias at MassLibrary. MassLibrary.com is my home blog. Uh, every so often I do stuff over with the Retro Network as well. Excellent. Um, you can check out my blog at RandomNerdness.blogspot.com. You can check out uh, my Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, at ChrisLock1701. And uh, we do have an episode of the Cop- of the Pop Culture Pub coming up after this episode uh, on the feed. Um, so, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And it also will be with Kevin and myself. So, on behalf of both of us, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Follow Reload, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.